We are back with episode nine of Raise Your Glass, a podcast celebrating the best local food and beverage culture Kansas City has to offer. Today, we raise a glass to our daily nada. We sat down with Amy Kovitz and Andrea Baca, founders of the bookstore and bar located in the River Market. This is one for all of you book lovers out there. Andrea and Amy dive into their favorite books, what it takes to start a women-owned business, and tell us about some of the fun events coming up at our Daily Nada. We are sitting here today with Amy and Andrea, who are the founders and co-owners of our Daily Nada. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. So we're so excited to talk to you all today because you guys are not only glass recyclers, but we're also neighbors. Yes. So we are both tenants in the river market. So that's super exciting. We've got a lot in common. Um, Andrea, could you kick us off and just tell us about our Daily Nada and how it got started? Well, our Daily Nada is a bookstore and bar cafe, um, and we so we have a full bar and lots of wine and small plates, and then we also have all kinds of books. Um, and we really got started, this was a dream of Amy's for a long time, and she um, proposed the idea to me of going into business together and and I loved the idea but I thought oh my god this is insane I have no business experience um but we talked kept talking about it for actually a couple years before we really got moving um and so that's kind of how it all well it started really with friendship though we were very good friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we would talk um, at our other job about books and what we heard on NPR that morning and we just yeah we really bonded over that kind of like wouldn't it be great if we had a job where we could do this all day yeah (laughs) on our lunch hour yeah (laughs) so this is truly a passion project or it's a combination of your shared passions absolutely definitely and when did you all open we opened august 28th of last year 2018 so about seven months now we've been open seven months and how long did it take to get there because I know you know things don't happen overnight right no No. (laughs) like had babies during that like the time we were talking about it and like buying houses I mean just life yes so it took a couple years I think we started like the first serious thing we did was take a business planning class at the Kaufman Center yeah Yep. And, uh, That's very wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it was a tremendous help. So yeah. I would definitely recommend that to anyone thinking about starting a business yeah. um, is do that class. Even if you have business experience, mm-hmm. I feel like it really helps you focus on the areas that you're weak in mm-hmm. and kind of figure out what you don't know, which is very important. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we did that like probably two years before we opened. Yes. Yeah, or maybe a little more. Um, we got really serious when we found the space here in the River Market. Mm-hmm. And we found that, was it last, it was like a year. Like the fall of 2017. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I think we signed a lease April mm-hmm. of 2018, and it took us three months, three or four months to open from there. Yeah. Okay. So really, uh, you know, what was it, years of planning, what was it that pulled the trigger for you guys? Was it finding this space that mm-hmm. just felt right, you think? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. We we had looked at some different areas of town, um, obviously Crossroads and 
we were in the river, we were like, let's look in the river market. And because it feels like a space that is conducive to like small independent bookstore you know it just feels like a bookstore needs to be here <laughs> and the farmer's market had a lot yeah, to do with it and the too, farmer's absolutely. market too this the kind of people that support a farmer's market will often support an indie bookstore um, and then when we went in that space um, on Delaware Street we were like the street you know everything the about trees, it kind of clicked <laughs> the streetcar being right there it's really like, beautiful it's a beautiful street and I know like I was, I was down there last Saturday, and we went to El Lazarone, like just mm-hmm. me and my husband and son, and then we got Betty Ray's, and we sat on a bench, you know. <laughs> and I, I lived in the River Market seven or eight years ago, and it was a ghost town. Yeah. You know, I mean, people would come to the market, but not even at, at the quantity that they do now, and the amount of street traffic, and the streetcar was packed, and it made me so incredibly happy in the moment it was like a big moment for me yeah I wouldn't say we had this like evidence-based like yeah. river market is the place it was more yeah. of like a feeling but my husband also owns a business here and he's had it for four years mm-hmm. and the growth from four years ago to like when we opened was like it feels like this is a place but it's not so dense as the crossroads yet. So it's like right. you can still get in, get a good space, yes. get a good yeah. rate, and like grow exactly. with the neighborhood. We looked yes. for an office in the crossroads, and it's prohibitive. <clears throat> the cost is prohibitive for a yeah. small business like us. But yeah. we're super happy to be here. It's mm-hmm. not wasn't a second choice, really. It's just no. a different choice. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's walkable. Like, yes. I feel like it's Very the only walkable, walkable neighborhood, yes. yeah. really, in Kansas City. It's so walkable. Yes. So, I mean, all of those factors mm-hmm. came together just mm-hmm. to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, the concept is unique, but so is the name. How did you choose the name? It is interesting. <laughs> um, so, the name is a reference from an Ernest Hemingway short story. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. called a clean, oh, sorry. <laughs> a clean, well-lighted place. So, mm-hmm. there's a phrase in there where one of the characters is saying, give us this day. Or he's starting the uh, Lord's Prayer, but then yes. he goes into this. Kind of yeah. like yeah, <laughs> and just the times we're living in now. Like when we read that story, we're like, we want this to be a refuge from mm-hmm. like what's outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's like, kind of what the short story is about. Is yeah. that you know everyone needs a place to kind of mm-hmm. get away from everything, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. So a safe. Yeah. Yeah. Like Calm, good we place. had thought of all yeah. these names like Haven. We're like, that sounds like a witchcraft book. Store. <laughs> or like, yeah, but that, that gets the tone right, or yeah. whatever you're trying to convey. But you we know, went yeah. back and forth about it because we were like, is this too pretentious or too obscure? Yeah. Are people gonna get it? And we got some really some strong negative feedback. <laughs> yeah, like, like what? Yeah. Like I hate the like from friends. I and hate even the our names. business advisor. And yeah, like yeah. I think you know. But we were like, we don't. You know, we thought about going the very, like, on the note, like, books and beer, you know, books and wine, you know, like, but we're like, we want it, we don't want it to be so on the nose, Mm -hmm. and and it's fun when people ask about the name, because then you can talk about Ernest Hemingway. And it kind of goes with the whole, like, atmosphere we're trying to create, because a lot of people were like, this isn't good advertising, like, it's going to be confusing, Mm -hmm. or sounds like a restaurant and all these things and we're like we're not advertisers we're not business people like we're not trying to brand the whole idea of the place is that you like come in and read and slow down and have conversations and I was like if it takes me five minutes 
to explain to you what the name means that kind of goes with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of being like, I have to explain this in 20 seconds. Right. Yeah. It's not so much a face yeah. value type of thing. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. focusing so much on like the branding, you know, versus the substance, I guess. Right. <laughs> that makes sense to me. And I like the names. I'm not in that Yeah. And that's what's important. Yeah. It's important that you feel like it's right. Yeah. You know, that's what's important. And we had, um, I think it was the American Booksellers Association when we opened, they did like a, I think it was a tweet or something. And they said, oh, new bookstore opening. And they're like, bonus points for anyone who knows what story the name's from. Right. And so I was like, See, this is great, you know, like some people will get it. There are folks that get it, right. If you don't get it, then we'll tell you about it. Exactly. And some people don't even care. Yeah. Like, like, I just want to come drink wine and that's fine too, right? Yes. So you reference this, but it is like such a cozy, welcoming space. Um, Do either of you have a favorite nook or cranny of the store? I bet it's going to be the same. You think? (laughs) Maybe. Well, there's two that I really like. There, in the midway through the store, there's that green chair with the ottoman. And it's yes. like stuck in a corner all by itself. And every time I see someone sitting there, I'm like, you got the best spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And then the green couch in yes, the front. Yes, the green couch in the front. I like to be able to see out the windows mm-hmm. and when the streetcar goes by. See the happenings. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have plans to do more cozy spaces, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. So it's evolving. Yes. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, I think, a big learning lesson for me is that it's never going to be complete. You mm-hmm. know, we're always going to be growing and working and changing things and just being okay with that flow, you know, right. and not being like, okay, everything has to look a certain way right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, it's like we can evolve. I think that's a super healthy way to look at things, that there's, like, not one fixed state to, mm-hmm. to search for, you know, like, or one state of perfection. It's a constant chipping away at things and celebrating and then moving on, you know. Yes. We have to have that attitude because we're not experienced business people. Right. So, like, even in the first months of opening, we're like, oh, I don't know if this works quite well. Right. And yeah. we're going to have to, like, have to make it better. And mm-hmm. we're still, I feel like we're definitely still in that space. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, and we are at Ripple. We're, we've been around for 10 years. And as far as, like, from profitability, standpoint we've only had two profitable years and that's not necessarily the goal for us you know we're here to recycle glass um but we do happen to be a for-profit company yes but so i mean i think tracking progress is so much more important and encouraging than you know having a fixed state in mind where you'll be happy once you reach the certain state you'll be happy and that it's an interesting point or like an interesting thing i feel like we've learned in business or that we are like continuing to learn is there's like, obviously, we're a business that needs to make money to stay in sure. business. <laughs> to pay bills, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also, like, another objective, which mm-hmm. is to, like, create a space mm-hmm. and, like, do something good for the community. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it does have to be more. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so intrigued that you guys were, were, or I guess probably still are both lawyers, before you started this. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm intrigued by that. I'm in <laughs> so <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> <up there>. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so Andrea yeah. kind of touched on it before, but we were, that's how we met. We sure. worked at a law firm together. Okay. Yes. And it was a very nice, uh, fine place to work, but we... 
were like, why are we lawyers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it was a constant topic of conversation for years mm-hmm. about, like, all the other things we could be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why, you know, I think you make choices, you know, and I was someone who went right through, like, went from high school to undergrad to law school. Like, no breaks, no, you know. And I actually loved, people think I'm crazy, I loved law school. So did I. Like, I loved learning. Sure. Like, that lots part of, reading, of it lots was of, yeah. so fun for me. And then I got near graduation, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Now I have to be a lawyer. Now I have to be a lawyer now. Oh, no. I just stay in yeah. class all the time. I feel like, like <laughs> I was the exact, I loved law school, too. Yeah. And it, I think it's interesting that we both loved, like, learning, reading. Yeah. It's a huge challenge. And then challenge. we've gone into yeah. this business mm-hmm. where we can read and learn. And yeah. kind of, like, that might have been the passion, like, both at the beginning. And we just didn't know what to do with it. So sure. we became lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which a lot of lawyers are like that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think about that a lot. You know, I'm in my mid-30s, and it's, like... You know, I went to business school. My whole family went to business school. I got my MBA. I focused on finance because that's kind of what my family does, and I didn't really know what to do. And I'm so lucky I found Ripple because I can use those skills often, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm doing something I'm passionate about too. So I'm lucky I found that, you know, balance there. But I know that doesn't happen for everybody, so I'm proud that you guys struck out and followed followed yes. your passions. I feel very fortunate to, yeah, have been in a place where I could make that choice and, yeah. right. you know, because not everyone gets to. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a luxury in a lot of ways. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the food and cocktail menus are unique. Can you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind those? Well, our food, um, we, since we're not restaurateurs or chefs, um, we had Carlos Mortera from The Bite, another river market business. Um, he was a friend of Amy's for a long time, so he helped us out with our menu. And we just wanted, you know, small plates, things that people could have with cocktails and wine and would be easy to eat and, you know. Um, and then our cocktails, we also got some help with, like, the components of it, but they're all literary-based cocktails. Right. We have a yeah. small cocktail menu. I think there's only like five or six drinks. Yeah. And Brian Schellenberger, who also is involved with the River Market event space, so he's another neighbor, did our cocktail menu. Yes. Um, and then our wine menu, uh, which we will probably be expanding. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So we got yeah. help with all of that because that is not our wheelhouse. Yes, yeah. Um. And it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, And people seem to like it. But it is kind of confusing with the, like, are we, like, a restaurant or a bookstore? Mm -hmm. And we really, like, don't want to be a restaurant. But we want people to, like, be able to get, like, something good to eat. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, But the bookstore is the thing. Yes. Well, I find it's smart because after a glass or two of wine, I want a snack, so. (laughs) That's, I would make that. Just common sense. I mean, a lot of what we did was really just, do we like this, you know? Would we want this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so luckily, our tastes seem to appeal to other people. Oh, sure. (laughs) And I love that. I see more and more 
when you talk to folks about what they're doing in their business, they haven't done it without the help of other business owners oh. that are nearby. And like, mm-hmm. we love the bite. The bite recycles their glass. They did it on their own volition without us even prodding them. Yeah. <laughs> you yes. know? Yeah. And also, he makes like the world's best pizzole, and that's one of my favorite things yes. to go eat. Oh you know, gosh. just to walk down there and get the pizzole. Yeah. But like, knowing that there's those connections going on is yeah. so cool. Yeah. So. And that's something big that anyone starting a business, it's, you know, you're going to need a community behind yeah. you. You're going to need help. And you the, need folks to talk to. Yeah. yeah. Don't hesitate to, like, try to make... I was always, like, not someone who was great at networking. But then I, as we got into this, I realized it kind of happens naturally when mm-hmm. you have something you care about sure. and mm-hmm. you want to build. It's different than... When we were networking as lawyers. Yeah. And we'd go to, like, a networking event, and we didn't care what we were doing, so we would kind of just stand around and, like, eat food and talk to each other. (laughs) You're there to pick up clients or talk to vendors or whatever it might be. Very different. And I agree with that. You know, there's nothing more fun for us than when we go to a conference where there's other recyclers. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have a lot of peers in the city to talk to, but there's plenty in yes. the nation to talk to and it's very exciting yeah. <laughs> to get together yeah it yeah. does come so much more naturally mm-hmm. when right. you care about what you're doing it's not you even have to try yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah networking gets a really bad rap because mm-hmm. it's like oh you know this guy just wants my business or whatever yeah. but yeah yeah it can be so helpful so <laughs> um so we have to ask I mean natural to ask do you all let's start with you Andrea favorite author and favorite book, because I want I want to ask both questions. Ooh, that is your favorite author, the author of your favorite book. I don't know. Yeah, I realize those could be different things. They, they are for me, I think. Things. So yeah. Hmm. Well, my favorite book is Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. It's a classic. Um, she wrote a lot of like gothic, like mystery, um, like back in like the early 1900s. Um, and I love her books. Um, Albert, uh, Albert Hitchcock, right? What's his name? Alfred. 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 Yes. I was like, I know it's not Albert. <laughs> Albert. What is it? Albert. Close. He like made a lot of her books and, um, short stories into movies actually. Oh, really? So, like, okay. The Birds, that was based on oh, her short stories. I had no idea. And, like, a lot of her, his films were her books. Um, so I like that kind of thing. And I don't know that she's my favorite author. And I honestly, I don't think I have a favorite author. Now that I sit down and think about it, mm-hmm. I can't pinpoint one person who, like... You read everything they do. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. And love everything they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, that's a hard thing to find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? So I can't. I don't have a favorite book or a favorite author. There are some books that I reread mm-hmm. that That's a I good love. Sign. Yeah, uh, one of those would be Confederacy of Dunces, and it's kind of a tragic comedy set in New Orleans. <laughs> okay, and the author is John Kennedy Toole, and he actually committed suicide before the book was published. Oh, sad. Yeah. So he never even knew. How knew that was. people would love it. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't have any other books after that. So, yeah. I mean, he did write one before That's that tragic, they, actually. Yeah. yeah. And the story's actually really interesting is I feel like the novel's sort of autobiographical. The main character is the author. Mm-hmm. And his mom, like, found the manuscript when she was, like, cleaning out his room. Mm-hmm. Took it to a professor at Tulane or Loyola, one of the colleges in New Orleans. And the professor's like, oh, 
I'm going to read this Lady to Dead Sons book to be nice. Yes. (laughs) And then he loved it. Yeah. And it's one of the best books ever written. It's like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. And I'm going to download that today. Yeah. <laughs> you should absolutely. Yeah. I read yeah. it every couple of years. Yeah. Um, and then, but I tend to go more towards nonfiction. Mm-hmm. You so do? Okay. I'm kind of like whoever I'm reading is like who I'm into right then. And right now it's a lady named Maria Popova. And I can't even remember the name of the book. I'm like four uh, chapters into it. Figuring. Yes. Yes. And she does the brain picking. She does a um, blog called Brain Pickings that I yeah, read. It's really it, great. It's yeah. the best blog in the universe. Um, and she basically like weaves different authors into like talking about a certain theme, mm-hmm. like love or regret or sadness. And she'll write the blogs like really long and in depth. And she'll pull in like different authors writing about it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the book is. It like centers on four people in history. And it's nonfiction, and it's beautiful and lyrically written. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like recently, I've been into um, Juno Diaz. He mm-hmm. he writes. He's a um, Dominican uh, author, and he writes really. What I love about his books are they're all fiction, but he has all these footnotes that talk about like the history of like the Dominican Republic and like mm-hmm. politics in a, like a really interesting way. So you're getting all this like history and political knowledge that is, you know, true, true, woven into this fictional story, which I think is just awesome. I was a political science major. There you go. Yeah. So like, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you all host events at the space. Can you tell us about some that are upcoming? Well, all this month we have been partnering with uh, the Casey Friends, or the Friends the Young Friends of the Kansas City Public Library and uh, the Casey Streetcar Authority to do an event called uh, Casey Poetry on the Move. It's to celebrate um, National Poetry Month. And so there's actually going to be some poetry on the streetcars. Um, We had some winners from a contest. Yeah, and we've had a ton of poetry events in store. We have a couple more coming up. Yeah, we've done uh, every Saturday night this month. We have a local Kansas City poet doing like an hour-long reading. We did a kid's story hour. Mm-hmm. We're doing like a workshop next week. Um, and then we're doing our first book club next month with C.J. Oh, Janobi, really? who's another local author. Yeah. Um, and yeah. 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 When we always do, we have a kid's story time the second Saturday of every month. Okay. So, and that's been really, people have been loving it, um, which I'm happy about. Because I know it's kind of hard when you are a bar, you know, can my like, kids can come in kid? here? Yeah. And yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. I feel like we're very kid, we have a kid's book section and we, you know, have some events for kids and we encourage people. It's not a bar that is not. Like gets rowdy for right. yeah. yeah, sure. we wanted to have the anti-bar atmosphere you know yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not open till 3 a.m yeah people aren't like getting <laughs> drunk in there yeah, yeah. it's yeah like, so kids are definitely we're both moms of young children right. so mm-hmm. my son just turned three and amy has a two boys and an almost six-year-old okay so. yeah yeah, I've got a five-year-old too i'll okay. bring him down yeah he yes, would love oh, that please do he would love yeah. that and i i love how how it's folks are starting to allow or incorporate 
the kids into different venues, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I can take them to a beer hall now, and it's not weird, you know? Yeah. My sister-in-law lives in Brooklyn, and they have those everywhere. It's like, there'll be a bar, and they'll have, like, a courtyard out back Mm -hmm. where they have, like, sing-alongs for kids. And it seems kind of weird. You're like, oh, so I just dropped my kid off and I'm like, go drink. <laughs> but it's like more part of daily life there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's just so, recognizing that yeah. folks can't always separate from their kids or yeah. maybe I don't want yeah, to, right, you know. Exactly. I don't always want to separate from him on a Saturday so yeah. I can and hang out with my friends. doesn't yes. always have to be like a debauchery. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. You can go and have yeah. a glass of wine around your kid. And it's like, right, yeah. it can yeah. be casual. Yeah. You can keep it cool. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always like to ask this. Let's say someone has never been to our daily nada, and they're walking in for the first time. What should they expect? A quiet and calm atmosphere, like a place to slow down. Yeah. Get a glass of wine, read a book, talk to a friend. Yeah, we absolutely want people to kind of, it's not a place you rush in and out of. It's a place you take your time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think just really... Yeah, embracing that slower pace is something that we want for people because mm-hmm. it helps clear right. your mind. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, I'm always, I love um, changes of scenery if I'm mentally blocked. You know, I like yeah. to get out of here and go to a coffee shop or whatever. It is 100% fine to be there alone. <laughs> yes. Know? Oh, yeah. Doing yeah. whatever you want to do, whether it's reading, working, or whatever. Yes, exactly. And that was another thing that I you know, we wanted a space for people, you know, because we heard a lot of people like, sometimes I want to go and just like have a glass of wine at a bar and read mm-hmm. a book. But, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want people to look at you funny. Right. But sometimes the, it is awkward, you know, depending place, on the space. You can do that. Yes. And right. It's completely acceptable and yeah, encouraged. 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 Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, it feels very comfortable. So I will say that. Um, so it, it's pretty obvious that we love the fact that you guys are woman-owned business, and Ripple is um, majority female-managed as well. Um, do you guys have any advice for other women that are looking to strike out and do their own thing? And we were talking about this on the way over, and I think one of the things that we, and I think women experience this in every job they might have, is it is sometimes harder for people to look at you as a leader Mm -hmm. and to take you seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. That's something we've definitely noticed just in terms of, you know, talking to people through this process. (laughs) And, um, And so I think you do have to think a little bit more maybe about your leadership style and... And kind of creating and not taking crap from people mm-hmm. yeah. because they will give it to you. It's yes. like, yeah. I mean, even with mundane things like our inspections and like, oh yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes people talk to you like you're a little kid, or mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then it's hard when you are like unsure of what you're doing yeah. to like stand up for Be yourself. Confident. Yes. So you really have to be confident and like mm-hmm. get to a headspace where. You can make mistakes, but you have to kind of be bold. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I find that very difficult because I'm naturally very, like, friendly, conversational, mm-hmm. yeah. smiling, you exactly. know. But I do find sometimes I have to put on another face in order to get something done. Yes. You know, and ideally, you know, in your natural state, folks would take you seriously. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, of course there's a brain in there and she knows yeah. what she's talking about. But, yeah, I have found that too. That's, so, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we're definitely more 
and not laid back, but yeah. we're open to sure. people's opinions and, you know, we're friendly. And I think sometimes that's perceived as like, oh, they don't. Incompetence. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes you have to cut it off. Yeah. Because then there's like too many opinions and everyone wants to tell you what exactly. you should be doing. <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, I do get to make these choices. Yeah. yeah. Okay, too much. Yeah. No, I, I would definitely understand that. I would that. also say like the balancing. Mm-hmm. It is really hard, especially yeah. if you have kids and yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of like carving out space and time mm-hmm. to like make your life as balanced as possible. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it's hard and you can't, you have to be there and yeah, other parts suffer and then you can right. make up for it at other times. But I would also like advise that if you have something you want to do, you should do it in spite of all the like obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah. it's really rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it will work out. I mean, yeah. you'll have to make adjustments. I was actually, I stayed at home with my son for the first two years. Um, before we opened the bookstore, I was like, stop being a lawyer. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go back to that job because I know I don't want to do that job. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of a hard adjustment at first when I put him in daycare after those two years. And yeah. um, I was feeling a lot of anxiety and guilt and like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what have I done? But it's actually been for me, like, a lot better now to have something, you know, that I'm working on outside of just, you know, all my attention focused on him constantly. I think it'll be good for the kids, too, to, like, see their mothers, like, Mm -hmm. going after things they want and, like, living a life separate from Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always, I think about that a lot because I've worked since my son was six weeks old, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, I never was frustrated with my mom for working. You know, I always... Yes. Yeah, we're no, both we're both kids of working moms. Oh, yeah, yeah, single mom. Never, <laughs> never, never. You know, I, I mean, I don't look back and resent any part of that. And I know that she had to work. And I she was great at her job. And I just don't, yeah. I don't feel that. And so I try to remind myself of mm-hmm. that so that I don't feel so guilty. You it know? also seems like there's a lot of pressure on women and parents like now Mm -hmm. maybe it always was this way but it feels like you're expected to do so much yes well I think a lot of that is just driven by social media like I I extracted myself from all of like the mom forums on Facebook and whatnot because it put undue pressure on me to do more than I naturally would (laughs) yes you didn't ask us about social media but we could talk about that for an hour (laughs) or longer oh yeah yeah. Yes. It's a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the hardest things to deal with in business, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about it. I mean, yeah. is that something, you know, as far as getting the word out, I'm sure it's helpful. It's, yeah. yeah. It's the but, only thing we really do. Yeah. Right now. Like social media and yeah. uh, Instagram and Facebook. And, and word of mouth like this. Yeah. Word of mouth. And it's worked pretty well so far. But there's also this focus on the style over substance on yeah. mm-hmm. social media that yes. is like disturbing and kind of goes against everything that we want the book to right. be. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, I feel like in a lot of ways it's just kind of like detrimental to everyone's psyches, mm-hmm. you know, like being yeah. a mom or whatever you're trying to do, work out. There's there's just a million accounts online telling you to, you know, these very stylized things and you we're all trying to achieve this 
you and know. even with, like, books specifically. Yeah. Like, there's bookstagrams, and, like, I haven't decided if they're good or bad. Like, if they get people to read and get people excited about books, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. But there's also, they don't usually talk about the books, and, like, even an interesting story is, like, the book cover industry has become, like, this huge thing now because you mm-hmm. have to have, like, the perfect cover mm-hmm. so that it's, like, Instagrammable. Yeah. right. And so then it's almost like this thing where it's like style over substance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Over the contents. Yeah. 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 And even like the thought of like having a picture of you reading a book is like more important than reading the book. Like yeah. I read this book and I loved it because, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, you don't see a lot of that. And I, I totally feel you like, you know, you're not, you know, you, occasionally you'll see an Instagram fitness model do a real life photo juxtaposed with their posed photos so mm-hmm. you can feel better. But that's like one in a hundred on their feed. So it doesn't really help. You know? yes, <laughs> so it's exactly. the same for Bookstagram and anything else where yeah. there's, mm-hmm. you know, somebody spent probably upwards of an hour styling yes. that. And it's not real life. It yes. is magazine quality and it's not real life. And it, yeah. it does make it hard. You have those mental images that you're like, well, I'm not there. And then is is social media going to be picking the books that people read because, like... Because they're beautiful? Yeah, Uh Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I would go ahead and say yes to that. Yeah, yeah, that's what scares me is that that will lead the the choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then nothing is going to be, like, valuable for its own sake. It's going to be... Is it like Instagrammable? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. is, does this cool person like read this book? Mm-hmm. Or right. people that have like 13, 14, 15 year old children and on the weekends, like what they do, and they'll take like outfit changes and go to like a location and like change outfits just for their Instagrams. I don't know if I'm just like an old person that's like, oh my God, what is everyone doing? But like, it scares me <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, this is what you're spending your time yes. doing yeah. because it's so important. That's to the have hobby. That, yeah. Like, yeah. Like if that's the hobby, I, yeah, <laughs> worry for us. We're going to have to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like withdraw it, from society. It makes me <laughs> like, I think I'm prone to probably be a mean mom about technology anyways, because I don't let my son use tablet or anything, but I think that alone is enough for me to prolong phone use. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Yeah. You don't need no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't want you spending your time trying to get good shots for Instagram. Yes. Yeah. No. Do anything else. But also, like, how are we going to keep them from doing it if that's yeah. what they, like, you is can. it just the way yeah. the world's going? Yeah. And, like. I mean, I'm hoping the pendulum will, like, swing back a mm-hmm. little to, like, a, like, moderate. Like, it has to. Everything course corrects over yeah. time, right? Yes. That's what my And that's kind is. of the whole idea of the bookstore. Right. Like, come a course inside, correction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. read a book, talk mm-hmm. to your friend. Like, yeah. simple, simple things. Yes. Right. Actually connect. Yeah. With something. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's what we're hoping in the future. We haven't planned it out yet, but to do um, kind of salon nights, if you will, where um, we... Or I don't know how to describe it exactly, but basically where we have very limited, like we won't have our Wi-Fi on, mm-hmm. and we'll do like a night of like wine and conversation and about conversations a topic. about a topic right. with that's and like 
um, kind of Jane Austen era where they'd have to entertain each other by like playing the piano or like reciting poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're going to try to have some nights like that. Where yeah. people can sign up and we can yeah. have kind of and a, their brains can yes yeah. get engaged <laughs> yeah. yes I love like that idea salon, yeah teen salon yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no phones yeah yeah put your phones away or put your phones yeah. in the bowl you yeah. know and, yeah. there's another a similar concept to ours I don't know if it's the Denver one or the one in Texas but they do a happy hour where it's Wi-Fi free. Mm-hmm. So just for like an hour or two yeah. in the evening, they turn yeah. off their Wi-Fi so people can't get right. on their laptops and just... Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And I think you see that more and more. Um, I've got a friend that works for like Blade and Timber like or that company that oh, does all that. Like Folks are so disengaged from people and experiences now that you're seeing the need and like desire yes. for more of that yeah. on the kind of entertainment side or an escape, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. 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 I think people crave that community, and they just they don't know that they're lacking it right. until they experience it, and then you're like, oh, this is so nice that I'm not like just in this phone, right. yeah. you know, I'm talking to someone. We're still, I mean, I'm on my phone all the time. Like I, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sub- susceptible to it as well. Of course, yeah, um, I am too. It's like you can't really escape, but maybe that's like the importance of like being conscious and trying to create these experiences mm-hmm. where you are just doing simple things and connecting with other people. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, so Andrea, you hinted to me that you're a big fantasy and sci-fi fan, and so am I. So um, Game of Thrones, are you excited about that coming back? Very excited. Um, We actually have some Game of Thrones cocktails right now. Um, We have Wildfire. It is green like the wildfire in game of thrones um the mother of dragons and i think there's a third one it's called imp's delight yes that one's yeah. after Tyrion lannister the world's greatest character yes. yeah so we're very excited for yeah for the show to come back and for george R. R. martin if he's listening to this podcast <laughs> to complete the series hey if this podcast is what gets him to finish it then i think we've done our life's work <laughs> A few years ago, they when the Comic Con was here, um, he was here doing a, like he was speaking, and I was at work when I was still a lawyer, and I heard about it last minute. It was Saturday. I was in the office, and I was like, "He's here. He's downtown." And so I, and it was starting in like seven minutes, and I was like. I dropped everything I was doing. I, like, didn't pick. I ran to my car, and I drove down to the, it was at the Marriott, and I drove there and ran inside. So Did I you meet him? I didn't meet him, but I you heard him speak. You just wanted to see yeah. him. Yes. Yeah. It was, like, a big room. But like, didn't you meet someone? a lot of people. Oh, I met, um, from Parks and Rec, um, Jerry, Gary, his oh. name, Babe, <laughs> yes. yes. I'm obsessed with Parks and Rec. Me too. And, um, I was at a play at the Nelson Atkins. They did a Sunday in the Park with George, and he was here doing a play at the, what's the one in Overland Park? Uh, uh, the, the dinner, dinner theater. theater? Yeah, um. And so he was at the watching the play at the Nelson that the KC rep was doing, and I came out and I was like, "That's that's Jerry, Jerry." <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I was so excited. He's here. <laughs> so I was. I asked him for a photo. Yeah. <laughs> Can I take a picture? I know. I'm so lame. When yeah. I, I saw um, Will Wheaton at Comic Con a few okay. years ago, and I just was like. 
beside myself, yeah. couldn't talk, couldn't function, you know. She gets flustered by, like, even local celebrities. <laughs> Me too. That's hilarious. Me too. Yeah. Um, Calvin Arsenia, who's a musician in town, came in, yeah. and Aunt, it was, like, I was going to say Michael Jackson, but I'm going to, like, change my reference. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, Prince walked in. <laughs> Andrew was like, I know you, but you don't know me. <laughs> but I would like to introduce him. Yes. I love your work. Yeah. Do not play it cool at all. <laughs> and that's okay. You, what is it? it probably gets old for them, but, you know, yeah. someone's starting to be excited to meet you. It's like, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool still. Yeah. So yeah. I do want to go to, like, the real comic con someday. Same. That's a, that that is a dream for me. Yeah. I've got plenty of... Um, Plenty of shows I would patronize the yes. panel, so. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a diehard, and I, I hang on to things and rewatch them forever. Like, I've rewatched Firefly, like, ten times, okay. and they are there every year, and there will never be more Firefly. And, and it's only one season, but it's such, you know, fan favorite that they're, that there, every they're year, there every year. And that's probably also the only chance to really see the full mm-hmm. cast, you know, so. Yeah. Are you a Marvel fan? Not at all. Okay. So I don't really divert into that. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask about the new Infinity Wars yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, like, yeah, comic book movies and stuff to me are too noisy. I don't know they if that makes very, sense. No, but... I get what you mean. Yeah. Yes, there's lots of fight scenes, mm-hmm. and yeah, it does get a little, yeah. yeah, it's kind of made for, I still love them, but there's, they do err on the side of more of the, like, to keep people right engaged. Yeah. I like the Wonder Woman one. I did like Wonder Woman. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. How could you yeah. not like Wonder Woman? No, I thought it was excellent. You know, if they, well done movies, well done movie doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, but that was a good one. Yeah. Yes. Have you guys read um, King Killer Chronicles? The, My the name of the wind. Husband is reading that right now, so I'm gonna start reading it after him. I think. Yes. Because he really, really likes it. So the first book, The Name of the Wind, is probably one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. Like you said, like lyrically written. I kept like rereading parts of it, like mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. oh my god. So you know, this is, after the paragraph. And again. it's laugh out loud funny at times. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just gorgeous, beautiful. Second, it's not as strong. But same thing, like if we can get George R. R. Martin to finish Pat Rothfuss, the yes. author of the King Killer Chronicles, has been sitting on the third book for yes. like ten plus years. Yeah, so that's yeah, what, yeah. No, we can make that happen. Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah, yeah. My um, I, my husband just actually finished reading those because he um hadn't had a lot of time yeah. to read in the past few years, and then recently he has, and so um, and he loves like fantasy and yeah. sci-fi, and so he's like, you have to read these. So good. They're on my yeah, list. So good. That's that's one of the few that I've reread. A lot so, of people yeah. on our staff are into that too. It's mm-hmm. like Michael and Adam. I'm not oh, it's at so all, but yeah. like Yeah. I um, think you appreciate the writing in the mm-hmm. first book and the second book you'd start to roll your eyes. <laughs> so well, that's like, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to start reading like Ursula Le Guin. Yes. Because she does a lot of fantasy mm-hmm. and I love like everything mm-hmm. I've read by her. So I was like, I maybe should I'll have start said there. Margaret Atwood for my favorite. <laughs> now that I'm yes, thinking about yeah, it, literally every yeah. book I read of hers, I love. Yeah, it's excellent. Super tight writing. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Is she coming out with something new? Mm. I think she is. Is she? It might be the sequel or prequel to Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, okay. Handmaid's Tale. It yeah. sounds like, I mean, the ideas are all there, you yeah, know. Yeah. Timely. It continues. Mm-hmm. It Time to write it. Well, this was so much fun, guys. Thank you for coming in. And we Thank will you. see you for some Game of Thrones cocktails yeah. probably like, today or tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Only Thank you. <laughs>
Our Daily Nada sounds like the perfect place to wind down with a nice glass of wine and a good book, or a spot for your next book club meeting. You can find the Our Daily Nada website in the show notes, so check it out and head to their location off Delaware Street in the River Market. If you need help finding the show notes, in Apple Podcasts, just swipe up from the player screen. Or you can always go to raiseyourglass.fireside.fm slash nine for episode nine, where you can find links and notes on our guests. This podcast is made possible by Ripple Glass, Kansas City's hometown glass recycler. If you live in Kansas City, you've probably seen our big purple bins around town. That's where you can drop off all of your glass containers so we can save them from the landfill and keep Kansas City beautiful. If you're already a glass recycler, thank you, you are awesome. If you haven't started recycling your glass yet, check out rippleglass.com to find out all the bins closest to you. We hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you love Kansas City culture as much as we do, drop us a line at info at rippleglass.com and tell us who we should spotlight in a future episode.